When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Your ultimate destination for all things women's hockey with your host, Chris Sinclair, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to episode number two of the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Today, I'm joined by Naomi Rogi, a University Hello. of Minnesota D- uh, Duluth graduate and current member of SDEHF of the SDHL. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. Thank you for being <laughs> here, more importantly. I, I very much appreciate your time. This is uh, This is something... Uh, I've been really looking forward to, and I cannot wait to learn a little bit more about you, but more importantly, be able to share your story with all the listeners. So that's something I'm really excited about. That's what this is all about. So thank you. Of course. All right. We're going to, um, basically what we're looking at is I'm going to ask some questions that I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times. Um, <laughs> so my apologies, but all right. I'm also going to end today's episode as I always like to end episodes which just like a fun game. Let's get to know Naomi, right? So let's just get to know her off the ice a little bit more. So uh, that's kind Perfect. of what we're looking at for this uh, for the episode. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. Yes, fantastic. Okay, <laughs> an obviously good place to start is to find out like why hockey. What made you decide to to get into hockey? Yeah, so I think I was about two years old um, is when my parents first put me into skates. Um, obviously wasn't very good, couldn't really walk and let alone skate at that age. Um, and I have two older siblings and we were up at the cabin in Minnesota and we always would skate on the pond, um, over Christmas break. It was like one of my favorite memories as a kid and just watching my brother, he's seven years older than me. He played hockey. I looked up to him so much. And so I just wanted to kind of do that same path that he did. Um, and then once I got older and kind of was on teams and organizations more and more, I just fell in love with it. And. Uh, it's it's been awesome and I've been so blessed to be able to continue playing so it sounds like it was something from an early age that you that you you knew it was like a calling for you you knew that you (laughs) is that fair to say yeah I just there's so many memories of being up at the cabin and skating with the whole family whether it was my aunts uncles cousins it was just kind of a whole family thing to at least skate um and so I think when I was able to kind of do it full time on a team it, it was just there was no question in my eyes Nice. Okay. Fantastic. And you, and you've mentioned a couple of times, um, Minnesota, you're from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. What was it like to be able to attend university in your home state? It was a dream come true. Um, My parents never missed a game uh, my entire college career. And I think that was a huge part of me staying home in Minnesota is just having that support of my family. I'm such a homebody. 
um, and being able to have that support constantly um, was awesome. And I also think just Minnesota is known for their hockey and being able to stay in there and kind of continue to build the reputation that Minnesota has as a, as a whole, I think was super awesome. Um, and then being able to go to such a decorated school like UMD was even more of an honor. And what was the selection process like for that? Did you have a number of different universities you were looking to attend or was it like, it was like Minnesota or bust? Um, it was kind of a little bit of a different journey than most who are just in hockey. I was looking at going for lacrosse as well. Um, so at first it was kind of narrowing down to what sport I wanted to play. Um, and I decided around, I think my sophomore year of high school, when I kind of was going on more visits for hockey that I think, okay, this is what I want to truly do. I think it's where I have the most potential to grow and continue. And um, then from there, I kind of narrowed it down to schools. Well, could I play both at? Um, so there was some over out east that I was looking at. But once I got on campus in UMD, I remember pulling out of the rink and looking over at my mom being like, I, I don't think I need to decide any longer. Like, I know this is where I need to be. Um, it was just such a beautiful campus. It has great facilities. The coaching staff at that time was all female. And you didn't see that a lot of the times back in, I think it was 2015 or 2016 when I was first on my visit there. Um, so thinking of that back then, of, of how powerful those three women were and how they were kind of driving that force of the all-female staff was something huge for me. Um, and it just kind of made it a no-brainer. And we blended right, right away with our personalities. And that was kind of the process from there. It, it stopped right when I left their office. I knew it was over for me. And now, a word from our sponsor. I would like to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. And now, back to the show. What was the, how does it feel to have let go of lacrosse? Were you like, it doesn't matter, I love hockey that much? Or was it like a kind of a bittersweet moment? Very bittersweet. Um, I think I was super excited for my next chapter at UMD, but it was really hard to kind of let go of lacrosse. So it was my first year that I was in Duluth and I actually got reached out to to continue coaching. Um, so I was able to now, I coach a high school team in Duluth still. So after this season in Sweden, I'll head back to Duluth to coach them. So that has kind of been a way of, of making the transition a little bit easier because I didn't leave the sport completely. I'm still able to impact and do something within it. And I think that helps a lot. What What's it like to coach, to kind of transition from uh, playing the sport to coaching the sport? What does that feel like for you? It was really hard at first because all I wanted to do was actually be out there with the girls. So um, learning to to kind of step back and look at it from a coach's standpoint was a little hard because I was coaching a team for the first time as a head coach when I was 19. So that was a big transition. And then 
um, because that was in Wisconsin. And then I made my transition over to Minnesota when I was 23 is when I started head coaching out of high school. And um, it was really hard. I think all I wanted to do was be super competitive. I wanted to be super hard on the girls, kind of how I was coached in in college. And I needed to learn to kind of step back a little bit and realize that it's just high school girls. Um, And I was able to kind of remember what it was like in high school for me at that sport. And that's what I pulled from a lot. Nice. And, and what uh, what sort of skills or what sort of attributes have you taken from being a, a coach? In obviously, it's a different sport, but regardless, you're still a coach mm-hmm. to bring into your uh, hockey career. Is there are there anything? Are there any you know details that you're kind of bringing into your uh, to your to your game as you approach it? Um, I really have always liked like video and stats and kind of looking at that aspect. So when I was a player, I was super in depth into them. And then when I was as a coach, I was able to kind of use that to drive some things for the girls and then going back, um, and playing as well. It's still kind of something that I look at and that kind of helps with my performance and what I aim to do, um, and seeing like trends and whatnot. So I'd say that's probably my biggest takeaway. Nice. Fantastic. I'm going to, uh, I want to, we're talking about your collegiate career a little bit. I want to, I want to really highlight it for you. Now this could, this could be super uncomfortable <laughs> for you. I, I know it would be for me, but okay. I'm going to actually go through, I'm going to just throw some, some highlights for you. Okay. Perfect. So <laughs> I know exactly what you, uh, exactly what you want right now. That's, that's right. I, always love this, I, I think it's important, right? Like as uncomfortable as it might be, I think it's important. Yeah. For you, you know, like. You're, you're really good. You're a really good player. So, uh, in 168 games with the University of uh, Minnesota Duluth, you scored 114 points and had 11 game-winning goals. Um, we're going to get to one of those really important ones in just a moment <laughs> right here. Uh, your goal in double overtime against Northeastern University in 2021-2022. Uh, you're, you're nodding. You very vividly remember this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. Sent the Bulldogs to the title game and was your fifth game-winning goal of that season alone. Fantastic. In 2021-2022, you were named the 2022 NCAA Frozen Four All-Tournament Team and was also selected to the All-WCA All-American Team. First and foremost... I could keep going with the list of accomplishments, but then we would have just spent the entire episode talking about all your accomplishments, which isn't a bad thing, but there's also other questions that we have to go to. But congratulations on some of those highlights. That's fantastic. Thank you. Again, some of them are very vivid to you. Yes. Before I get into anything else, walk me through what you felt like in that moment when you scored that double overtime goal against Northeastern. Honestly, I was just like, thank God. Like, it was such a long game. We were so tired. And obviously, our coach, there were some times where we were shortening the bench more than others. So physically, it was super draining as well as mentally because you didn't want to be the reason that our season ended at that moment. Um, So kind of that thinking is kind of negative, but positively, you're also like, let's make this the reason why we play on Sunday. Um, And so I just remember like, getting a pass from one of our Elizabeth Shaguer, who's a well-decorated hockey player herself. Um, and honestly, I like really couldn't see the goalie and I just tried to get the puck on net and it thankfully went in and I just remember turning and at that moment, I saw the whole team coming at me and I was like, oh my gosh, like it just happened. Like we're going to the national tournament or national championship. Like we, all of our work all season is like finally paying off. Our dreams are coming true. We're finally get a chance to play for it. and. 
honestly, it was so cool. Um, Cause when I turn right away, I see like one of my best friends, my road roommate, my actual roommate and just seeing the smile on her face. Cause she wasn't coming back for her fifth year. So knowing that we were able to play one more game together as line mates was, was pretty special. And then it was just a whirlwind from there. The, just having my parents in the stands, all the family that was able to come out to Pennsylvania. It was, it was just such a surreal moment that I definitely won't ever forget. I not only am I impressed by obviously the play itself and the fact that you won the game, but I'm also impressed that you remember that because for me, I feel like I would have just blacked out. Like I wouldn't <laughs> I just, like something happened and now all the players are jumping on me and I don't know why. You know? Yeah. I think if it, if it wasn't for, I think what 24 of my best friends coming at me, I, I probably would have blacked out, but I think just because of how tight knit our group was, um, we're always a family at UMG. That's something that we always prided ourselves on. Um, so just being able to play another day with them was was such an awesome feeling. Nice. And could you tell me a little bit more about your collegiate career? And I think also, how did it shape your career moving forward now that you're in Sweden? Yeah, so just kind of as a team as a whole, we I came in as a freshman. Um, I think there was 10 of us newcomers, including a couple transfers. So it was kind of a rebuild year and, and we definitely felt it. We lost our first round um, in the WCHA finals. We didn't even make it to the final four of our league and that hurt us a lot. I think a lot of us freshmen and newcomers came from programs that weren't used to losing as much as we did. Um, and then on there, we kind of just started to climb. Our coach was so into making sure that we were building each and every day. And in the off season, we were working our butts off to make sure that when we came the next year, we were definitely a better player than we left. Um, and that showed, I think then it was uh, two years later. So my actual senior year, we were able to make the NCAA tournament for the first time. We made the Frozen Four, which we then ended up losing to Northeastern in the semifinal game. And then my fifth year kind of, I guess I had two senior years due to injury. Um, but we had then that national championship run, um, runner up. And then we had our last year where we lost to the NCAA tournament quarterfinals. So just looking at how much we grew as a program, I think is, is awesome. And how much more Pearl did to make sure that she was building a team that's going to stay there for a long run. She has another great team this year. Um, and I think just the culture that our group was able to build from when we walked in to walked out, had a lot to do with the people that were ahead of us, making sure that we were doing it the right way. Nice. That's fantastic. And, and how do you feel like it shaped your game, uh, you know, that time? How do you mm -hmm. think it shaped your game to now? It, it shaped me a ton. Um, we always had skill sessions on Tuesday that I was able to develop little things where our coach is always giving us pointers and, and how much in detail our coaches went with. I'm a stats person, like I said, and one of our coaches at the time, Laura Bellamy, was a huge stat person. So I was able to go in and watch video and I just remember on PK stuff, she'd be like, you need to go five more degrees down with your stick and just making those little adjustments in game and making sure that I can then go and look at it myself again. I was, I think that's helped me a lot. Um, as for mentally, we did so much mental stuff across the board of seeing, going to sports psychologists, doing team building stuff. We were able to make sure that our mental game was always consistent because honestly, that's kind of the first thing that goes um, when you're tired. So I think that was super important for us to do that really built my, my game in the long run. And then as a player, they just always are constantly making sure that we're getting better and, making sure that we're focusing on kind of the bigger picture as a team rather than what we're doing individually, but as well as building individually in skill. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. That's, and you had, you'd mentioned uh, you were injured. 
Um, could you walk me through? <laughs> I am just trying to bring this up. A little traumatic, but walk me through what was the injury, what happened, and then also how did you stay positive and kind of bounce back after that kind of injury? Yeah, so I tore my ACL, my PCL, my LCL, and both my meniscus um, over the summer going into my junior year. Um, so I was out for the whole year. I was in a knee brace for six months, um, pretty much only being able to walk an elliptical bike. Um, so I wasn't really able to run at all. Um, and then after six months, I was able to finally skate and then COVID happened. So it was really hard mentally because not being able to get back on the ice after being on it for at least 20 years of my life was really hard. Um, and thankfully I was able to find different ways to work out, different ways to simulate skating so that when the season came around, I was ready. Um, and kind of mentally watching the, the whole year was the first time I really had to sit back and watch my own team play, which was really hard. Um, but the coaches did a great job of keeping me involved every day. I was at practices. I was still communicating with the girls I, at games. I didn't miss a game. They made sure I traveled with the team and coach called me her eye in the sky. So I would sit up uh, pretty much as high as, as I could with a microphone into one of our coaches ears and trying to get pointers where I could. Um, if there are certain trends that the other team was doing on the four check that was kind of hurting us or on the flip side, something that we were doing super well that I wanted to make sure that we continued doing. I was making sure I was talking to them um, and just trying to contribute whether I was on the bench or not, I was making sure that I was helping the team. Well, despite that injury, you were still named a 2019-2020 WCH, uh, sorry, WCHA Scholar Athlete and a 2019-2020 WCHA All-Academic Team Member for consecutive years. So despite the fact that you were injured, obviously, you know, not only did you still have a connection with the game, but you were also uh, very focused on your uh, your academics, which is fantastic. It's not easy to bounce back from an injury or to <laughs> go through an injury and be still find that motivation. So I think that shows a, a lot about your character, right? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> school, uh, school honestly is a priority with our coaches. And so they always checked in. We had weekly meetings with our academic advisor. So I think that also helped as well that they kept us on track. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think this is a, a good segue to kind of talking about who some of your mentors were growing up um, throughout your hockey career and, and how did you stay, you know, how do you continue staying motivated and inspired to continue your hockey career? Yeah, I think when I was kind of the youngest, the biggest influence was my brother. Um, he would always be shooting pucks in the garage and he'd always come drag me off whatever I was doing, like coloring, whatever age I was, like doing just random stuff, right? He would always drag me out there into the garage and shoot pucks and we'd do competitions. Sometimes we'd throw my sister in the net, which was even worse because she was a gymnast. So she had nothing to do with hockey and um, we would just shoot pucks, we'd stick handle, we'd just have a ton of fun. And so I think probably till I was about 12 or 13, he was probably my biggest mentor. And then kind of when I started taking hockey a little bit more seriously at that age, realizing that there's bigger goals that I could have than just making the high school team. Um, my biggest mentor was um, Mike Fiddler. He was my AAA coach growing up, played for the North Stars, was decorated hockey player himself, super knowledgeable. Um, he trained me. He made sure that my head was turned on straight when it came to hockey. He made sure I was committed. Um, we would do hockey homework at home, whether it be shoot 100 pucks a day as well as stick handling school. There's just so much stuff that he had us do that um, 
I learned really helped me in the long run. And then honestly, still in hockey, my high school coach, Jamie Grossman, he, he was the one who sat me down one day and he was like, okay, you want to play hockey? And I, I remember he opened up a binder and he said, here where I think are reasonable options for you. Here are coaches that have reached out to me. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Who do you want to email back? And I remember just sitting there and, and realizing how much he cared about me and how much he cared about my future. And I remember it was probably two months after that meeting, um, UMD announced that they were getting a new coach and he said, hey, I think you should look at them. The culture that they're bringing in now is brand new than what it was previously. And I think it'll be a fit for you. And it turned out. So I think of him knowing me and knowing what kind of player I was and giving me that kind of bridge over to UMD really helped. And I think he was probably my biggest mentor in that sense, as well as there's so many countless other people who were parent coaches that just made sure that I was getting better each and every season. These are exactly the sorts of stories that I, I think <laughs> people need to hear about. Um, when you hear the impact that, you know, in the moment you're like, oh, this, you know, my coach is telling me to do these things. You don't necessarily recognize or realize the impact that's going to have on you long term. And now in reflecting in it, on it, you're like, you know what, like this guy, he knew where he saw potential in me when maybe mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily see that potential or think about that potential. And it sounds like you received that every step of the way. Yeah, he was awesome. Whether um, I remember kind of after that meeting, we had a, like just such a good relationship. My junior and senior year, um, it might have been that I think we I had a meeting with the coaches almost every single day before practice. And we would check in and I would say, all right, what are we doing in practice today? Um, kind of what are the expectations that you're looking from me? And I think just that alone um, allowed me to make sure that every practice I was going into it with a, my right head on my shoulder, especially after six, seven hours day of school. Um, previous to that, I think making sure then that my other teammates were on the same page, because like I said, we came from big winning programs from a lot of our freshmen at UMD and wanting to continue that. Um, so I just had the same habits that I wanted. So it was just a no brainer when I was talking to those coaches and how much impact he gave me that he's definitely one of my biggest helpers. Love this. Love this. We're going to, we're, we're slowly starting to, uh, <laughs> down at this point, we're almost at the game, uh, section, which I, I I'm, I'm excited about. <laughs> um, but I do just want to pause here for just one moment and just once again, say thank you, Naomi, for coming on today, uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me, to chat hockey. Uh, I cannot thank you enough. And if anyone listening, anyone watching, you gotta make sure you follow her career. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here. So thank you once again. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Um, I want to wrap up that this particular uh, topic by just asking, um, growing up, were there idols that you had that you looked towards? Um, whether I mean, obviously, you loved lacrosse, but maybe so maybe it was lacrosse and, and, and less so hockey or, you know, who were some of those idols that you really looked up to as you were really seriously starting to consider getting into this as a full-time uh, gig. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was actually from my hometown. Um, so Kelly Sealer was a big role model for me growing up. She played at Eden Prairie High School like I did and went on to play with the University of Minnesota. So a little bit of a rival with UMD, but still someone who I looked up to a ton. She was um, one of my summer league coaches as well for a little bit, but she was the kind of the main force to help also show that my dreams were were attainable she made sure that i was doing the right things making sure that i was looking for the right things in the recruiting process 
Um, and she was just such a big, big role model in our town when it came to hockey as a female. And um, at that time, the USA team, I didn't think was watched as much or was it attainable or as accessible to watch. So I think that was kind of harder. I didn't have um, a ton of those females to look up to just yet. But as for professionals, I watched Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, those two I tried to emulate with Patrick, or um, sorry, with Jonathan Taze being a center, which I am. I tried to watch him defensively in his 200 foot game. And then Patrick Kane, he scores goals. And it's fun to watch that and it's fun to do that. So I think those three kind of were, were the role models I looked up to. And then my brother, it's easy to say, um, watching a sibling kind of do something that they love and get to a high level as well. It's, it's also a big role model for me. Oh, I love that good family mm -hmm. connection. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk, uh, a little bit about the, the new PWHL. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you have actually some ties to, uh, the Ottawa PWHL team, mm -hmm. which I'd love to hear a little bit more about. Maybe we can get some juicy gossip there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just want to know, first of all, that for sure. But also what does this mean for you, the PWHL? Uh, I, I can't even put it into words. I think it's so awesome. It's amazing to see that what they're doing all across the country and being a little Minnesotan that I am, I was so excited to see how many fans showed up to that first home game. Like, I'm not surprised at all. Um, when they said how many were at, um, I think it was what, the Toronto-Ottawa game, that first one that they had close to 8,000. Um, I was like, oh, Minnesota's got this. Like, there's no way they're not beating this and just how big of a state of hockey that they are, they showed up. And it's just so impressive to see the continued support all across all six teams that they're doing as well as the talent and the speed that's in that league. It's amazing to see. Um, and it's long overdue that it's getting the getting the praise that it deserves and getting the attention that it deserves. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see how, how it's going to continue to progress, especially if this is the first year of the league. It's already exceeded some of the dreams that I've ever had. So it's cool to see that girls uh, at such a young age are seeing what's attainable. Oh, that's what this is all about. That's what this is mm -hmm. all about. 100%. Absolutely. Before I get an, into anything else, let's talk about your connection with the Ottawa team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two of uh, my teammates from UMD, uh, Ashton Bell, defenseman on that team, Gabby Hughes, who also another uh, great forward on that team. So Gabby and I actually lived together for two or three years in college. Um, and then Ashton and I came in the same year um and we're able to leave the same year we were kind of six years together me taking my redshirt year and ashton taking a year uh to be centralized with canada for the olympics and so seeing those two shine on that stage is just amazing um and then we i also i didn't get a chance to say this one maggie flaherty who's on minnesota was also roommates with me and gabby as well so there's so many ties that i have um to the p-dub that i'm just so excited to see them thriving watching gabby score two goals the other day was just I cheered. It's awesome to see. I just want all of them to be so successful in life because you ever get to talk to them in person. They're just amazing people. They brighten up the locker room. They brighten up your life. So it's awesome to see. I, uh, this isn't about me, but I'll share that, uh, in my conversations with every team, uh, team, uh, teammate on there, uh, on the PWHL Ottawa team, every conversation, whether it's the head coach, whether it's, it doesn't matter who it is they they absolutely have impacted my life and it's only what three weeks two weeks mm -hmm. into the season and i so i can only imagine how that must feel you know finally being you know when you're a woman when you're a young girl 
looking at these players, the impact that, that, that this league can have is, and we're already seeing it, let's be mm -hmm. honest, but mm -hmm. if, it, if it has that impact on me, imagine what that impact is going to be like on some young girl who never thought that there could be a career for her ahead of even yourself, right? Like you're mm -hmm. like, well, I've got to go overseas. Like this is yeah. really my only option. And now it's not like that. Just yeah. that must feel really incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. I definitely, I think when I first came into college, my my hopes were coming to come over here. And because at that time it was the only option. And so now being able to see that girls getting out of high school can dream for this rather than just dreaming for maybe making the USA team because back in the day that was the only thing that you could dream for so being able to see that you can continue to play hockey professionally and and make a living is is awesome absolutely yeah um I guess then this begs the question maybe some gossip would you ever consider coming <laughs> if I was given the chance I think um it'd be awesome to come back home and be closer to my family like I said I'm a homebody so if I'm given the option, I think I would definitely look into it to see um, what would best suit me and best be able to keep, continue to grow as a player. Nice. Okay. Just, and I, I, I always say this, but just make sure you choose Ottawa. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it there and we're, we're just kind of, we're almost at the end here. So once mm -hmm. again, thank you for your time. Of course. Um, you mentioned family. Do you get a chance to see your, like to go back home often or is it, is it just in the summer or is it throughout the season? Uh, what's it been like to be over uh, overseas in Sweden? Yeah, I uh, pretty much talk to both my parents every day. It's something that I did in college. So um, it's just different that I have to wait till they're awake to call them with the time difference. Um, but we haven't been given enough break or long enough days to make it worth it to fly home yet. Um, so during kind of the international breaks that come with the European League, we've just been traveling across Europe, um, but actually in a couple days, my parents will be joining me over here to watch a couple games. So that'll be my first time seeing my parents since August when they said goodbye to me. So I'm excited to see them, but that's kind of been probably the hardest part without a question, not seeing my family. Um, and I, my siblings aren't able to join, but still being able to see my parents is good. Amazing, amazing. I'm glad uh, as a family guy myself, I can uh, understand I didn't move that far from home yeah. <laughs> um, and that was exactly why is I wanted to still be able to be close enough, but um, you know, good for you for saying, you know what, this is the best thing for me, best thing for my hockey career. And speaking of your hockey career, before we get a little bit more into Sweden, could you describe mm -hmm. to the listener and for anyone else, what's, how would you describe your style of play? Oh, um, I would say I try to be a 200 foot player. I don't mind playing a defensive zone. I like to be able to get the puck back because honestly, the best part of the game is offense. So if we're able to play in the offensive zone, I like to be creative. I love to shoot. I love to score goals. It's one of the funnest things in hockey that you can do. Um, so I'd say kind of a 200 foot player that loves to score. That'd kind of be my game, I would say. All right, there we go. There we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. And now your your hockey career is continued in Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said off the top, you're currently playing for SDEHF of the SDHL. And uh, at time of this recording, you currently have 12 points in 22 games. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in saying it. So, um, <laughs> um, you know. What's your experience been like in Sweden? What was the, and what went into the decision to continue your, your career specifically with this club? 
Um, actually, it was a little different than normal. So I was originally signed to play with the Riveters in the PHF um, in G May, June is when I signed with them, I think. And then when everything happened with the PWHL buying the PHF, um, I was kind of in, uh, what do I do? Do I wait? Do I go and play? Do I go and experience life a little bit over here? Um, and just with a lot of talks to my parents, they kind of were eager for me to go and experience something else. I've never been outside the country. So being able to kind of do that and as well as explore Europe was kind of a no brainer in that sense and being able to develop my game since I've never played internationally. I think it was good to be able to see kind of different styles of play. So um, after the PHF was dissolved, I signed probably a couple weeks after kind of when we were able to, I signed with SDE. They were a team I was talking to previously before I signed with the Riveters. Um, so kind of my agent got back in contact with their GM and kind of just asked, are you still interested? Is there still space? And they welcomed me with open arms. And I just remember having the conversations with them previously before I made the decision to sign with PHF. And I loved the GM, Helene. She's awesome. She said it's such a family vibe and that's exactly what I needed, especially coming so far away from home. Um, and since getting here, it definitely is. It's definitely a big family. Um, I It's just awesome to be a part of this team. And it's easy to play for someone when you love them like a, a sister. So it's awesome to be here. Okay. Before we get into the game, I need to know, what are some of, what's one of your, like, or what are some of the things you enjoy most about uh, Sweden? Not Obviously, there are going to be incredible things on the ice, your teammates, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. But what are some of those other things, like, you know, going out or whatever? What, what are some of yeah. your favorites? Culturally, it is so relaxed. Like, people don't seem to always be in a rush. Like, I feel like in, in the States, everyone is in a rush to go somewhere. And I feel like here, it's just like, everyone's just so relaxed and calm and just going about their day. And they have Fika, which it's people go for breaks and go and get coffee and a pastry. So I'm definitely a frequent flyer with some of my teammates going and getting Fika. Um, so I definitely enjoy that. As for kind of what we do to pass time, we, we play board games a lot. There's a group of us that play a board game probably every single day, at least two or three times. So we've been definitely doing that. Um, and then we just also, from Sweden, kind of European as a whole of what we like is how easy it is to travel between places. I think that's awesome being able to just see a bunch of different cultures. It's been so much fun. Nice. Uh, I uh, On the very first episode of this podcast, I had a chance to speak with Noemi Nubarova, mm -hmm. uh, and she said the exact same thing. Fika was, <laughs> that's why when you said Fika, I already knew exactly what you yep. were talking about. <laughs> I've never heard that term before, but now it's something I'll never forget. And it yeah. sounds fantastic. And she said the same thing. The cultures, it's just so relaxed. You know, mm -hmm. she, she'd mentioned that you could order a coffee. It'll take you some time to get it, but nobody cares. It's mm -hmm. not this like, got to get stuff done, got to get stuff done, right? So that's, it's nice to get that off the ice, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and it's just nice because there's so many people that are doing it. So you're like, all right, let's go try this out. And you notice too, that a lot of people aren't on their phones when they go to Fika. You sit and you have actual conversations with people. You check in on people's families. You see, oh, what are you doing next year? Or what do you want to do in your life? And just having those conversations with people also allows for deeper connection as friends. So I think that's also been super fun to do. I love that. I love that. And 
I love that just as much as I love a good round of 20 questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's only five, but I didn't want to say five questions because that sounds lame. Uh, so yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's 20 questions, but it's, I promise it's only, it's only five. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Okay. And I try to not make these about hockey. Um, sadly, I, I, I didn't live up to that expectation, but uh, I think you're fine. Um, what is your pre-game, uh, your go-to pre-game meal? Oh, it's been so different from being over here. Um, but okay, honestly, so, yeah, so tell, let, what's the difference? So yeah, yeah. back home and here. Yeah, probably back home. Um, I loved getting a Jimmy John's sandwich, like a good sub just before the game with a, a Starbucks coffee. Um, and then over here, I'd probably say because a lot of our games are early, um, I feel like we always play at like 4.30 noon. I just eat a later and bigger breakfast. Um, so making some eggs, some bacon, some potatoes and toast is usually my pregame meal. Well, good news is both of those things made my mouth water. Um, <laughs> um, do you have any uh, any game day superstitions? Um, yeah, I used to see this it's different from college now just because routines are a lot different um but now i just have to make sure i retake my stick every time before the game and then we play sewer ball or two touch as the europeans call it over here um and then after our little circle before everyone goes and gets dressed we have to get uh play keep up and we have to get like above 30 um but we've been raising that bar a little bit each each kind of game to try to push ourselves a little bit more Oh, this is good. I love this. Um, <laughs> if you weren't playing hockey, what would you be doing? Oh, I would love to say probably still playing lacrosse if that's possible. Um, but a non-sports related, hopefully, or maybe not non-sports, but not me playing. I hope I'd be coaching. Okay, fantastic. So we may have some breaking news in terms of what you're going to be doing post-career, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> fantastic. I love that. Um so if you're, if you kind of touched on this a little bit, so maybe there, it's going to be the same answer, but if you're just relaxing, how do you unwind? Whether it's after a game, whether it's just like on an off day, how are you unwinding? Ooh, um, kind of if it's on an off day, I like just laying on the couch, watching TV. Uh, me and my roommate have a bunch of different shows we've kind of been watching. Um, so probably doing that. If it's, We've also, we were shopping a lot earlier in the year and then realizing that that's not attainable a lot for the whole season. So we kind of switched gears. Um, if it's after a game, honestly, a lot of the games back home are starting. So just turning on a different hockey game and watching it um, and kind of falling asleep to something like that. Fantastic. And last, but certainly not least, before we wrap up this interview, what do you miss, what do you miss most about back home? If, uh, outside of family, outside, because that's definitely number one is always, and it, as yep. it should be, outside yep. of family, though, all, respectfully, of course. Um, included in my family, I'd probably say my cat. I miss my cat a lot. Um, but probably besides that, um, family and friends kind of, I feel like, fall into the same boat. But I, oh, that's so tough. Hmm. Because I've enjoyed my time so much over here. Um Probably just like golfing every day. Like I work at a golf course in the summer as well and just being able to golf and 
go out there on such a sunny day. I honestly miss the sun. That's, I take my answer back, the sun. Because we don't get a lot of it over here in Sweden with how much daylight we have. <laughs> uh, it was funny because as soon as you mentioned that you missed your cat, I, I don't know why my mind immediately went to like you getting random FaceTime calls from your cat. Just like I do. I do. Yeah. That's yes. true. Okay. That's what I was hoping you'd say. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I usually have to ask my mom for a daily picture of my cat. So. <laughs> It's, I have my dogs. parents are going to listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, she of course had to mention her cat. What's your cat's name? Loki. Loki. Oh, great name. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, okay. Naomi, it's that time to wrap up. I just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you for taking the time out of your day. Hang out with me for a little bit. Tell your story. Tell everyone your story. Uh, you've been incredible. And this has just been so much fun. So thank you once again. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you telling my story. Of course. And there you have it, folks. For Naomi Rogi, I'm Chris Sinclair, and that's been episode number two of the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Cheers. <laughs>